Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Winchester Radio Podcast. Uh, we missed you last week. Uh, we hope you missed us. Um, we have two huge episodes to talk about tonight. Um, they, uh, I thought they were great. Uh, not everybody agreed on on uh, that for both of them, but I, there's certainly plenty to discuss. Huge, huge, epic things happened um, in the story, in the arc, in the in the boys' lives. They found out all this information, um, right on down to the fact they now have a back cave of their very own. <laughs> so um, just a little quick business, and then we will get started talking about the episodes. Um, our call-in number for the podcast, if uh, you have a question or have something to say, is uh, 347-205-9801. Um, you find our podcast at blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. You can go to our website, winchesterbrothers.com, click on the Winchester Radio a logo and it'll take you to that page. You can subscribe and download us through iTunes. Um, you can uh, always check our Twitter and Facebook for uh, links to our podcasts and also any other supernatural news you could possibly want. Winchester Rose on both of those. And uh, just a very quick reminder that not just the most recent podcast, but uh, there's quite a history of podcasts with both questions and fantastic guests, um, including from our most latest, um, Alicia Day. Anyway, on to the episodes. Hi, Becky. Hi, Vinny. How are you? Hey, everyone. Um, uh, Go for it. Do you want to start with uh, uh, the other nights, just this past night? Um, Everybody hates Hitler. We're going to work backwards. Or do you want to edit over should we time travel? Well, we'll start with the uh, <laughs> I, uh Real quick, I want to give everybody an update because um, we didn't have the podcast last week due to a family emergency, as we tweeted. It was because my son had to be rushed to the hospital. His appendix was rupturing. and But I want to let everybody know that he's fine. He's home and everything's good. He had his surgery, got it all done with, over with. He's fine and he's back. Great. So thanks, Great news. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for your, all your good wishes and everything. We really appreciate it. Yes. I'm glad he is feeling better. Yes. And it's caught in time. Sure. Now, as to the Very episodes, good. both of these last two episodes I thought were just fantastic. It felt like season one, season two, season three type episodes. I just loved them. Mm. We have felt really, really back to it. Back to the root of it, back to basics. I I've seen some discussion around here and there about the men of letters and pros and cons. For me, it works. I like it. Um, I like the idea. I'm coming from some hoity-toity watchers council. I, that that pleases me. Mhm. And so, I feel that the whole what the whole men of letters thing really opens up a ton of new stories. I mm-hmm. mean, there's all kinds of stuff they can come up with now with this whole Men of Letters. 
So mm-hmm. I mean, bring on, bring on season fifteen, you know. <laughs> yeah. That scream, that scream you heard was Jensen and Jared, <laughs> and possibly Jim Michael. Went, you know, <laughs> all the writers going, but we're tired. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be like you know, um, oh gosh, Eric Kripke's son. Jack, right? Jack could be <laughs> supernatural season forty-two. You know, <laughs> oh, that's okay, son. You know, I've passed my show on down to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> saving people, hunting things, <laughs> writing about it, it's <clears throat> family business. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I agree. Really... Like. Uh, with this episode, I enjoyed seeing Sam back in that super, re- like, natural research, you know, the book research, mm-hmm. and him referring back to his collegiate days and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I enjoyed that, I and I enjoy how that ties in with the Men of Letters legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked how it, he uh, was wearing a sweater vest. <laughs> so, I enjoyed that immensely. And if he needs to wear that in future episodes to emphasize how much he's reading, that's mm-hmm. my wardrobe department. Yep. And Dean wore a sweater vest as well. So, uh, yes, uh, everyone in the wardrobe department, uh, we approve. Sweater vests yes. are cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I... I absolutely love that the monster of the week this week was a golem. Mm-hmm. I, I have found those fascinating. One of my favorite X-Files episodes was Kaddish, Kaddish, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, from season four of X-Files, which was about mm-hmm. a, a, um, a, a Jewish golem. And mm-hmm. I remember that. It's just an absolutely beautiful episode. If you haven't seen it, go to Netflix somewhere, download it, watch it. K-A-D-D-I-S-H. It's an absolutely beautiful love story where um, a shop owner was killed um, before his wedding. And so I don't want to spoil it in case you want to watch it, but someone in the family makes a golem of him to take vengeance against the boys who shot him and killed him. And mm-hmm. it's just an excellent, excellent episode. Yes, I remember that. I was going to ask you if if you remember that because that's totally what I thought when they um, brought up the quote unquote monster of the week. So I wouldn't say the Golem was monster of the week. I say the Nazi necromancers were the monsters <laughs> of the week. And true, true. But the Golem, or as Eckhart said, as Eckhart said, can we drop the Nazi thing and it's the tool, but. I thought that was kind of interesting how at the end he really kind of pulled himself away from the fact that it was like a Nazi brigade. The distinction was interesting. But I agree. Mm -hmm. The goal goal for me was, I guess, the supernatural creature. Mm -hmm. But definitely one of the good guys. Mm -hmm. I'm taking taking a Jewish-American literature class right now. So I was like, oh, this is so relevant to my interest right now. (laughs) It fell very in in line with my current studies. It's weird. Mm. Yeah, it's like when so uh, so uh, your mom says, "What are you doing, Vinny?" And I'm like, "My homework." As you watch Supernatural, <laughs> well, she watches with me, so she doesn't judge. She watches, she watches with me. It's the only show we watch in real time. That and Walking mm. Dead. Mm. Oh, now 
Um, the actor that played the uh, golem, John DeSantis, I'm sure most people know he was in um, the, the Supernatural Expo. Uh, I've got X-Files on the brain. Supernatural <laughs> episode, um, Ghost Facers. He was um, Freeman Daggett, the ghost guy in Ghost Facers. And he was also in an episode of Dark Angel. I forget the name of the episode. All Dark Angel always had weird episode names. But it was the one where um, Alec Jensen Ackles' character, Alec, was back doing his fighting. And he had to fight him in an episode. And Jensen Ackles' character, Alec, beat him. Because, as you know, he was a super genetic guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I forget what the X5 guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, you know... Jensen and this guy have have quite a history, so. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough to find somebody to tower over Jared and Jensen mm-hmm. and be yes. but at, at, nearly, at nearly seven feet tall, I think they nailed it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. I I loved the reactions of Sam and Dean to to the size of the golem because I think they. They're pretty used to being the tallest guys in the room, usually. Right, right. And and or and and not just being, of course, being tall, but also that sort of air of danger and self confidence. So both guys have being able to take care of themselves, and this guy just freaked them out a little bit. You know, they startled easy when he was around and. I love him just looking up, up, and up. <laughs> you know, when he, when he stood up, poor Dean was like, oh, <laughs> crap, <laughs> basically. The golden I, him I thought the parking it was, lot. <laughs> in that scene, I thought it was hilarious when the golem threw Dean against the car. And um, Dean wasn't even on screen, but you can hear him in the background saying, oh, yeah. my spleen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing I doubt if it was in the script. <laughs> I have no idea because this is a Ben Edlin script, so it's very <laughs> true. This is true. Anything's possible with the Ben Edlin script. <laughs> because I will yeah. tell you, I for once thought I would watch Supernatural and listen to a Nazi speak Latin. So go Ben Edlin because <laughs> yes. that would never, ever cross my mind. <laughs> Yeah, it also gave me a little bit of an Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, kind of. Yeah, definitely. And Adam Rose, who played Aaron Bass, he was great. Mm-hmm. I, um, the first thing I remember ever seeing this actor in was the third season of Veronica Mars. He was a recurring character there, so it was great to see him back on the show. I thought he did an excellent job. He brought the comedy and the seriousness. So I thought, you know, he was perfect mm-hmm. for the role. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he did a, he did a great job. And, um, it was, I, saw, I thought it was... Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say real quick, I saw where he had tweeted that um, he had played Hal Linden, who, by the way, played um, Barney Miller, and who was Rabbi Bass in this episode, that Adam Rose um, had played Hal Linden's grandson in a play previously. So this is the second time he played Hal Linden's grandson. 
Oh. I saw that. That was neat. Because somebody yeah. asked him about um, how Lyndon, if that was um, his real voice or an accent. He was like, no, it's an accent. And then he um, he mentioned that he had already played his, grandpa- his grandson before. But that's neat. It is very cool. I love Hal Linden. I just love Barney Miller. One of my oh yeah, me too. Especially the early seasons. He was just great as as the rabbi, and he was he was funny and um, he was tough. I loved when he insulted the very very um, anal retentive library. (laughs) That was good. That was good. You know, and, and um, the scene where he spun, you know, he uh, burst into flame, you know, that was so creepy, you know, too. I felt so bad. And I love how he was just defiant to the end, you know, to the to the Nazi who'd been following him. Now, I have a question there about that scene where he caught on fire. Um, he was talking to the Nazi that was outside. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't see him when we were looking through it from the rabbi's perspective, was he out there? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but, because you, know, you couldn't see him then, so I wasn't sure about that. Well, you see him when you can see um, Rabbi Vass on the phone from Torvald's point of view. They show right, Torvald. right. Right, but so then when you... It's just a shift in POV. Right, when you saw the shift from Rabbi's point of view, he couldn't see him. So um, did Rabbi not my, – my question was, could Rabbi see him and we couldn't? Or did the Rabbi just know he was there, even though he couldn't see him? I saw, I felt it more so since he knew he was being followed, that he just knew. Yeah. He, already, he, already, he already knew he was being followed, he was being watched. So it was mm-hmm. an assumption on his part that he was out there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that scene, though, mad credit to the VFX team on that fire. Mm. Oh, yes. That was fantastic. Yes. Impeccably well done. It looked so real. It was probably Mm -hmm. the best fire effect I've seen. It was really good. Yeah. Speaking of fire effects, Sam Mm. warming his hands over the burning... (laughs) I got such a kick out of that because one, it was just a funny sight gag, but also for Sam to be the one doing it when your natural assumption would be Dean uh-huh. to be out. And I know a lot of, not everybody, but a lot of people who watch Supernatural used to watch Buffy, but all I saw was when Willow says, sometimes I'm callous and strange. <laughs> when she brought marshmallows. Where the, she wanted to yeah. bring marshmallows to the, to the burning. So, you know, apparently, occasionally, Sam Winchester is callous and strange. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, I would call him practical. He was cold and there was a fire. Exactly. He's, and, just, be, he's just using the most, getting the most out of the resources available to him. Yeah. And, and they ended up doing the right thing because, as we found out later, once you shoot one of the Nazi necromancers guys in the head, if they're not burned, they just reanimate 12 hours later. So without right. even knowing it, they did the right thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it's also very sad that Sam would 
warm his hands over the corpse. It's just they're just so used to doing stuff like that. <laughs> you know, it's just part of the daily routine and the daily job. And and again, it's always fun to get that third party perspective because Aaron's watching them and he's just like, God, oh, they're psychopaths. <laughs> you know, burning the body and warming his hands and you know, that's how like a normal person would see them. <laughs> Yeah, and I did like that. I like that, you know, he's standing there with his golem, but he's still freaked out by the Winchesters. <laughs> like, I have my golem. My golem's a giant man of, I mean, of clay, but you two? Mm-mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I draw the line. I draw the line. And corpse burning, you know? And, and, you know, earlier in the episode where he's just, like, appalled that they're breaking and entering into the library, and I'm like, again, you have a golem. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who smoked the pages with all the, like, I was totally waiting, again, because it's a Ben Edlund episode. I was waiting for this. It didn't happen. I wanted Adam to have the knowledge that he didn't know he could tap into because he had smoked the pages and taken the pages into him. It didn't mm. happen. That would have been cool. cool. I was like, it should yeah. be inherent. It's part of him now. And no. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Edlin, Ben Edlin, you totally missed out on something there. That would have been cool. There was a stone bus that you did not jump on right there, Ben. Come on. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if like one of Aaron's friends out there, from being like around all the smoke, breathed it in, and <laughs> you know, could like totally control, you know, a golem or something else. Be like, wow. I, don't like <laughs> I I was so happy that Aaron and the Golem both lived. They were still alive mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. Yes. So I'm hoping that means we'll get to see them again because they were such great mm-hmm. characters. Yes. Yeah. And and you know, uh, uh, shout out to John DeSantis because that's a tough part. You know, he doesn't talk much at all. He's very imposing. Of course, he's a huge physical figure, so you can. Some people maybe couldn't get past that, and I don't know. I just liked how how um, he handled what just just whatever his character did. You know, he didn't have too much to say. Um, he was, you know, basically a really big bodyguard, but he also was so focused on how you know his rabbi now um, is supposed to take charge you know, and and follow tradition and history and basically the family business, which I also thought related really well to Dean and Sam's family business and and inheriting that sort of thing. Two things I'm going to give, again, credit to Ben Edlund on for this episode was, one, what I liked that he did with the golem was that being that he's a giant man made of clay who's a bodyguard, he still wrote a character that had emotion about what happened. He wasn't just a, mm-hmm. this is my bodyguard, so this is what I do. He mm-hmm. remembered the atrocities and had an emotion about them. Mm-hmm. And it affected him, and I really liked that he did that. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I liked was at the end, you have Aaron saying, you know, this is my grandfather's, what, you know, this is my grandfather left this to me. And I was like, well, I see what you did there. Because then mm-hmm. you have me accepting the whole thing as well, because he was mm-hmm. resistant to it in the previous episode. I I really like and we'll talk about it more when we get into when we start talking about last week's episode but 
I really, really like that the guys have now the Men of Letters Bunker as their back mm-hmm. cave, and they have a home base now since, you know, mm-hmm. Bobby's is gone and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm real, and it was nice just to see them, like, you know, being at home there, and they've got, they bought, bought in their mini fridge, and you could see the orange extension cords they brought in and everything. So they're, you know, they're making changes already, and they're, you mm-hmm. know, making it into their home, and I'm really looking forward to where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic I- idea. I think it's a wonderful thing. Like, you know, for, for the first couple of seasons of Supernatural, I, I mean, I as a fan, and I think others too, just assumed that the natural order of being a hunter was you didn't get a home, you didn't get an apartment, you didn't have a, a home base, really. We didn't really see one until Bobby, and he was older, and we didn't know if he was the exception to the rule or, or more. And then as the, as the seasons went on, we saw that there, lots of hunters have a home base, you know, from from the hunting couple in Magnificent Seven um, to, to Garth who has a boat. And, it's, of course, it's a little <laughs> bit different. It's not going to be a little house with a picket fence or, you know, something like that. But, but it is possible. So Sam and Dean... Being young, you know, it was kind of easy, and was what their dad raised them to be a sort of transient and, and whatever. I wonder if Sam would not have been quite as inclined to want to leave so much if Dad had kept a home base of some sort, some sort, you know, rather than a than a motel room. But I love that they have one now. I love that it ties into their family and their history. Um, their own family history has opened up into this new, this amazing thing called men of letters. It was interesting to have a perspective from someone saying that hunters are eight. I mean, I've I jumped back to the last episode, but it sort of ties into this, this one too. Um, we always thought hunters were elite, you know, could take care of themselves, take care of anything, killed all these creatures, and now all of a sudden there were people out there who didn't have quite the same attitude about Hunter. And I like that they're legacies, and I like how it was tied into what Cupid said about them many you know, years ago. So, yeah, but I, 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 like, I agree about the Cupid thing where it was very... That episode, it tied in well with Cupid saying it was necessary for, Sam, for John and Mary to get together. That couple was necessary. Mm-hmm. And I like that it it ties in and that it brings John into the lore, aside from just being the man who lost his wife. Mm -hmm. That, you know, he had his own destiny, with or without. Yeah. And didn't know it. And Mm -hmm. speaking of that... Yeah, never knew it. That whole Cupid thing, I loved how, at the beginning of last week's episode, um, all the you know, when they show all the stuff that happened previously, how it was just so much season one, season two things. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I missed those. That was so good Mm -hmm. to see them again. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do, you know, as much as the show has evolved, it's nice to see whenever they do things that, you know, especially um, lately that I've had the opportunity to rewatch the show um, with the morning re-airings, which not something I've been able to do before. Um, 
and going back to, you know, watching season one, two, and three, and now what we know in season six, seven, eight, and seeing how it does tie in, because sometimes as you're watching the show, you feel like, man, where did my show go? This is not the show I signed up for. And then you go back and rewatch, and you see those little, those little sparks of what is now back then, and it still mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that the writers have made that commitment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we started we started <laughs> on the other episode. We kind of jumped back there, and and I know there was discussion discussions around fandom of people wondering where where this came from about when John was a child and Dad abandoned him, and he had issues and of course now we know that it wasn't really his choice and he felt terrible about it but but there were other episodes where it seemed like young John in his early 20s um, seemed to be just fine you know very stable uh, other people in the town knew him he'd just gotten back from the war and the military and they said um, uh, say hi to your dad I uh you know, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that he seemed because you know people could put on a good front. You know, John grew up to be a soldier, literally in the military. Um, and sometimes you you grow up and you don't have a dad, and you do your darn best to make sure that never happens to your own kids. It's not like you keep those issues and can't handle a family or whatever. It's completely the opposite. You, you just decide I'm I'm not going to let it define me, you know. And and where's mom, by the way? I mean, I I think that's actually a future storyline in you know season fifteen <laughs> or whenever the writers decide to bring it up. But you know what? He could have had that that kind of mother, you know, who who gave him as best a life as she could. But Dean said, well, you know, he walked out on dad, and he was pretty angry at first, so. Kevin Parks last week tweeted a really good, um, you know, possible solution to that whole, you know, the episode where Dean went back in time and met his mom and dad. Um, that who knows, you know, because when um, Henry left, John was still pretty young, which means, you know, mm-hmm. John's mom would have still been pretty young. She may have remarried. John may have yeah, had a stepdad. He may have had like I the world's greatest that. stepfather. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially during those, you know, during those times, which I hate to say that, I hate to say that, but, you know, Mm -hmm. the implication would have been if she was still young, she did what people would have wanted, society would have wanted her to be remarried. Mm -hmm. It would have been really tough in, you know, 1958, 9, 1960 to just be a mother. So, I'm sure society. John, he's. And also make the argument that if he was so resentful of his biological father, that his stepfather became his father to him, especially being at mm-hmm. such a young age and the resentment that he clearly had. Um, mm-hmm. According to Dean and Sam, that he would have just been like, "No, that's my that's my dad." So John yeah, I, I, I'm willing to explain that away. Mm-hmm. When. Yeah. Um, when Henry left, John looked to me to be about maybe six or seven years old. Yeah, he was a little guy. You know, one yeah. of the things I loved about um, young wee John's bedroom 
which I'm I'm guessing, I don't know, because it's also a very typical toy for a little boy to have to play, you know, cowboys and Indians or stick up or whatever, but he had like a Colt a gun sitting, you know, on his bedside table, and I thought it was fun. You know, it was just a little bit of a nod to where it's going to go. I didn't even know. notice that. That's, yeah. That is cool. Yep. Yeah, because cool. though it would have been a typical toy back then, it doesn't mean it had to be necessary for the set design. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was, that was pretty neat. If Jim Michaels is listening, um, I I was wondering the um, music box that played as time goes by on his um, in John's room. I was wondering if they found a music box that actually plays that song. Did mm-hmm. they dub it, did they dub it in? Um, mm-hmm. Did they did they make one? I'm just really curious about that. So, Jim, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> Tweet us an answer, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something tells me he might be. <laughs> which, which is probably like one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> you know. Um, one of the things I like that's also subtle about the current storyline is, you know, John missed his legacy. He didn't know about it, and being thrust mm-hmm. into a hunter lifestyle, but he actually put himself in a men of letters lifestyle as well. Like he made a hybrid lifestyle because mm-hmm. he was searching for the yellow eyed demon. There was no need for him to get sidetracked with all the other cases. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessary, but he did, and he kept the journal. Which talk about the journal as well. But, oh um, my gosh. The journal when when Henry flipped over that little post-it note and showed and his initials. Had initials. Oh my gosh! I actually lost my breath there. I was like, oh, you know, because I was like, oh, I had, you know, I wasn't expecting that at all, and it, it was just amazing. It was just, I got chills when they did that. I know. I yeah, guess that was young such a good moment. kept it, wanted to keep it. Maybe mom kept it for him. I wonder if mom knew. What Henry was, I mean, and I and I know I'm not really going to get answers just yet. It's something that mm-hmm. I I know I read an interview. My... And they're like, you know, maybe someday Mama Winchester will have to read about it. <laughs> There's just lots of questions, you know, that come up, and I think that's my great. my rationalization for it was it would have arrived so shortly after Henry disappeared that it would have been one of those kind of cling to mm-hmm. totem objects for John. And then, you know, having it for so long, it just became just an object. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though you resent, you know, even though he resented his father, you know, for for as far as he was concerned, abandoning him, that doesn't mean he didn't, you know, still have a a Mm -hmm. connection or a pull to the fact that or, you know, miss his father. And little kids kids don't understand. John could easily have thought, what did I do wrong? You know, was I a bad boy? Mm-hmm. You know, was this my fault? And, yeah, it's just what... Yeah, so many uh, options with that. But, you know, and yeah. he, you know, John ended up, you know, like I said, John ended up kind of having this hybrid lifestyle because not all hunters that we've met throughout the, the season are mm-hmm. as research-oriented as Sam and Dean or as broad-spectrum as Sam and Dean. And we had Gordon, who, unless it was something about a vampire, Gordon didn't care. Mm-hmm. He was very, very single track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's it was like uh, in him to to want to do this this life. It's like once he got into it, he could feel it. He was sort of 
sworn to it. You know, yeah. um, it made sense for him. It feels natural, you know, to to be this, considering what Henry was. Um, Jim, uh, real quick, Jim Michaels um, said that that was an actual music box that played that that song. So that was really cool that they found an actual music box that did that. That is mm-hmm. really cool. Thanks, Jim, for the answer. Fucking eBay for that. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Jim. <laughs> Very cool. Um, we have a we have a call. Okay, cool. Um, I uh, I'm glad they have phone service considering they're from an area that's like buried under <laughs> three feet of snow. Oh okay. no. <laughs> uh, hello, Winchester Radio. Hi. Uh, this is Nicole. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what was your name? Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, yeah, we actually are. We are really buried. I'm in Rhode Island. We are very buried right now. <laughs> oh, but, but I service. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's been really crazy out here. We have around two feet, uh, two and a half feet of snow. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, gosh. But, um, my question for you guys was, you know, this season has been, um, it has actually been really, really great. And I was just wondering what you guys felt about um, uh, the relationship right now between Sam and Dean. I mean, everything has been really strained between the two uh, since really the beginning. We haven't really had any, uh, you know, the quote-unquote brother moments. Uh, it's, it's lightened up. I, I'm going to say since the break, but um, with two, being, I think, three episodes in, you know, there really hasn't been, other than the LARPing episode, which was really for a split second, but there hasn't been just that Winchester moment that I think we all we all crave for. What do you guys feel about that? I think it's actually right now, the Sam and Dean's relationship right now, it's probably the best it's been in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I agree. You know, we have. And I would also venture to say mm-hmm. it's probably the most stable it's been, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no, I, 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 you know, I was rewatching a few episodes, and I was just trying to really, really uh, feel what I felt back in the second season, and the, the episodes have definitely brought that uh, content-wise. But you know, I just my personal opinion was that uh, the brothers haven't. Maybe just been there the way they just the way they were uh, in the first season. But it's interesting to hear your theory. I I, I definitely can see how you guys feel that way as well. Oh, I, yeah, I, and, and I, I don't I don't you. disagree with you. Yeah, I don't yeah, disagree with you. I don't think it's the I don't think it's that same dynamic. Right. And I do miss that dynamic at times. Don't get me wrong. But I think this dynamic, this kind of slow burn to them getting back to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's, it's the more stable, healthy version of them, and I, I like that exploration of it. Mm-hmm. And I like oh. it. And just you know, quick talk it out, slap on the back hug, and really emotional moment, and then just automatically getting right back to where they were. I like that it's mm-hmm. a rebuild. Right. And just in, just in these last two episodes, you know, we've had Dean doing whatever he had to do to protect his little brother Sammy, and he actually, mm-hmm. you know, said, you know, if I'm if I can save my brother, I'm going to do it. You know, so we've got that mm-hmm. going. Uh, we right. got this episode. We had um, Dean all proud of his brother being a man of letters there at the end. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I love that. 
that mm-hmm. last scene with Sam, you know, doing his work as a man of letters and say, and um, Dean there, you know, drinking his drink and his feet up on the table and the camera pulls back. Beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Probably my, my most favorite scene in the whole episode. Right. Yeah, and for a change, we've got Scott. No no beers. Dean gets the beers out and says, <laughs> like, this this moment calls for something a little bit, right. little bit more, a little bit more special. More celebratory. More celebratory. Right. And, and um, he gets out the scotch, I guess, and the beautiful cut glass tumblers. And, you know, why not take advantage of what's left there? I mean, they, they are legacies, so that is basically their place. And... And I think Sam was a little surprised that Dean seemed like not to tease him so much about being a man of letters and doing all the research he calls him sort of geeky and all that earlier in the episode. But but at this point, you know, he's he's very proud and I think Sam is really pleased about that. And I like them toasting each other at the end. Sam starts it to toast Dean and Dean toasting back and 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 it's I think it's great because it's very natural for Sam to be doing this with all the research and whatever, but we've also seen that at this that at this point in time, he's perfectly good to be able to do research as well, and we know Sam is also quite quite the action hunter. So I don't think anybody has to worry about Sam, you know, sitting back in the bunker and and basically being Dean's, you know, uh, spy handler, you know, and Dean calling up and going, you know, what he used to do for Bobby, you know, with Sammy, look up, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I have to worry about that at at all. So uh, I'm really pleased. It's it's the nicest we've seen them. going to be the watcher to Dean being a slayer? Because now I'm bummed. (laughs) (laughs) So I was really hoping for that. I know. I guess they just get to rotate, you know. This week you're the player. <laughs> you know <what> I mean. <laughs> yeah, but it's really their relationship is as good as it's felt in a very long time, and yet another reason to love the whole Men of Letters Batcave right in the, right. in, the in the show. And I do think that giving them a home will mm-hmm. go a long way to again, strengthening their bond because it's the one thing they never had together. You know, they've had mm-hmm. their, they've had a home separately. Sam had a, mm-hmm. a home he made it for himself in college with Jess, Dean with Lisa, mm-hmm. Sam with mm-hmm. Amelia, but they've never really had a home together. And mm-hmm. I think that'll go a long way to creating a strength in their in their in their bond with mm-hmm. each other, just having that stability with each other. Yeah. I love how they settled right in and and Sam getting all excited about, you know, I can't even figure out how the lights are on, you know, and he's been up all night, you know, like reading all the books and researching. And in the meantime, Dean, you know, went to sleep, took a apparently fabulous shower, <laughs> borrowed a bathrobe, you know, from somebody that is no longer living and, you know, had his bedroom slippers and scuffles out, you know, for breakfast and, you know, plays with the swords and thinks this whole thing is just the coolest. So it's very it's very typical of, of them without making fun of the other, you know, or looking down on it. And, uh, yeah. Like well, thank you so much for answering. Um, I appreciate all your answers. I thought they were great. Thank you so much. And I enjoy listening to you guys um, all the time. I think you guys have a, a, a 
radio, and uh, I enjoy listening to all of your different theories and everything. Oh, oh thank, thank you so much. And thank you for calling us. Yeah. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you. Stay warm. Stay <laughs> thank warm. you, too. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really curious if we're, how much of the Batcave are we going to see. Are we ever going to mm-hmm. see, like, the rooms that they sleep in and stuff like that? Uh, you know, I, I hope we get to, you know, we move on and get to see more of it. Mm-hmm. Did um, I read you somewhere see, that... Did you see that at this point, no room for Sam exists at this point, as far ah. as the building set? As far as the okay. building set. Not to say he doesn't have a room, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> Just they just haven't had a store. They haven't had a store yet where they needed to show it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I like feeling that at this point it's going to be about Sam doing the research and you know just starting himself with the books in the main room and being settling in as far as like mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. This may be getting a little fanficky. I don't know, but I think it would be so funny for like Sam to get up one morning and find Dean in the kitchen, like cooking a breakfast, like that Bobby had taught him to cook or something. I think that mm-hmm. would be cute. Yeah, it's, it's I, nice, it's because nice of, because that's always been an implication of them growing up. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. would love to have a scene where you know that happens and Sam kind of has that whole like, just like when I was a kid kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. I would adore that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I would I would love that. It's just they haven't had that in forever, and it would be a nice change. And I don't need to see it every week, and I don't need to see a lot of it, but a very little bit every now and then. A little throwaway, and it goes a long way, you know. And it's uh, it's like Sam said, you know, he says, you know, we, we've never had a break. Well, maybe we finally got one, you know, finally. Right. And, and, and here it is. And... I wonder if they'll ever let anybody else in on that secret or take them in there. Or will they do it by, you know, putting a black hood over their head, driving them around Kansas for, you know, three hours and then taking them in? I would, can't find I would their way back. The only, I would think the only people that they would remotely allow in there at this juncture would be the trans mm-hmm. and maybe Garth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, at this point, I, I would venture I, to say Castiel ends up in there at some point just because, you know, as it is, they're already there and they're trying to contact him and trying to get him. You know, contacting Castiel means calling out to him and him popping up in front of you. Right. So there's already the implication that they would allow Castiel in. Mm-hmm. So now, I would say place, right now would be them. This place is the one, uh, the the final remaining men of letters, Larry, said that it's been warded against every kind of evil, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and they, and, and Henry certainly tossed, tossed around angel feathers, you know, and, and whatever. So, <laughs> I, you know, not literally. <laughs> that sounds really funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, it, uh and that's a whole other thing that was such a shock to Sam and Dean is that, you know, he could tap into the power of his soul in time travel. And um, I, I I wonder if it's warded against angels. I wonder if they had, the Meadow Brothers had any real contact with 
Angels away from Dean have have you know had so many run-ins with them and and count one as as a friend. I wonder. Yeah, I was wondering that same thing too. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that. I thought more of the. Of course, you know, at this juncture, mm-hmm. Sam doesn't accept Benny at all, and we don't know if we're going to see Benny again. But mm-hmm. is the idea that Benny just can't cross the threshold? Is there a mm-hmm. way for Sam and Dean to say, you know, yeah, yes, come on in. this this evil creature is fine because he's no longer evil, or you know. So that's what I was kind of wondering about. I didn't think about the angels because I think of angels as very neutral. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't really thought about that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was there was also a lot of fan discussion about um, just having to have, you know, angel feathers lying around. And I'm like, never mind casting in and out. They've, they've been in contact with how many angels and archangels and seen the bodies of dead angels over the years. Well, you don't think a few feathers fell off? <laughs> well, well part, of the discussion, part of the discussion that I got into with somebody was the fact that we've never actually seen an angel with feathers. Yeah, that's my whole question, feather. right? So. Mm-hmm. That, and I thought that was interesting, and I would love for that to be explained by somebody at some point, whether it's yeah. now or later, because mm-hmm. I agree with that. You know, I will I'll hand wave it, but I am curious. Like, well, wait a mm-hmm. minute, we've never seen an actual angel feather ever. Jim Michaels no, but just tweeted. Jim Michaels just tweeted that others <laughs> will be seen at the Men of Letters uh, lair at some point, but he's not saying who. So more people will be there, but he won't tell us who. Hmm. He's such a I had a feeling. <laughs> he's a he's a naughty, a, a wicked man. <laughs> and I, I'm I was wondering. Bet, I'm placing my bet right now. Trans, trans first. Mm-hmm. I I'm going with Castiel. We'll have to place a bet. See who gets there first. Trans or or Castiel. Hmm. Well, cause I we had a question about. About the building that they used for the outside. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you're um, back at the season um, six finale, season one premiere. The building that Crowley was keeping all the demons in, and, Cass- and Castiel shows up and gets possessed by the Leviathans and all that stuff. If it's the same building, just the back side of it, because um, Vinny and I and um, our friend Kay, and I think Amanda was with us. Um, yeah, Amanda was yeah. with us. Yeah, because um, that's when we, we went were, to Fort Langley. Right, and we were um, looking at all, you know, finding supernatural past filming locations, and we got to see that building. And this looks like the back of that. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's the back of that building. So mm-hmm. Jim, I was wondering that, too. When I saw it, I was like, that looks really familiar. <laughs> so <laughs> question for Jim or Russ Hamilton, you know, somebody like in mm-hmm. there, you know, I wonder if that's the same building. Now, is... Is the is the Bat Cave as big as it looks? Because that place looks massive. From what I understand, from what I gather from Jim's tweets about it, it's a very large set. Yeah, that'll be another fun thing to have so many rooms or and things in this place to explore. And speaking of having stories go on for many years and all more opportunities. I would guess the Men of Letters have this incredible 
library, not just the one that Sam's been lying around in, but they've, there's probably just rooms of all sorts of yeah. of of books and research materials and and maps and who knows what else because isn't this also a storehouse of every scroll and spell? Yeah, and right. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything and ever. Those, and those those things would have to be really warded against. What if they open up? Pandora's box, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a yeah, there's no, there's no telling what is stored there, which, I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. they can come up with years and years worth of storylines yeah. just from this, and I love it, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Because I do we're, too, it was you know, a great idea. That we're, you know, we were told, you know, scrolls, artifacts, spells, but what mm-hmm. if, you know, they are housing, like, just a creature of some sort somewhere, because it's the only one those kind of things. So, and being that it's underground, you know, the possibility to create infinite rooms. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder because all we've seen also so far is the front door or all mm-hmm. we know that's the back door. Um, uh, doors, uh, it, I can't imagine it would be, they only have one way in or out because you never know who's going to storm the castle. Um, I wonder if uh, <laughs> I wonder is there is there like a series of tunnels? Is there a door on the other side of the bunker on the top of the bunker? You know, again, there's like a billion possibilities. I I don't expect an answer right away, and that's that's just fine. You know, I'm I'm excited and looking forward to all the little hints and clues and peaks that we get. You know. Um, yeah, that would be really, really cool. Jim said that the building is the magic of uh, Little Monkey and Ryan Curtis. That's Mark Meloche and Ryan Curtis from Visual Effects. Mm-hmm. So the building is the visual effects. That is so cool. Wow. Really? Fast. I am Fast. impressed. Very impressive. I'm, I'm beyond impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty blown away by that because... It's seamless. It's seamless. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I I so wanted, like, Sam, it would have to be Sam, to walk in, and they turn on the lights, and and it was great to hear Sam go, you know, son of a bitch, you know, because we never get that out of him. That was just wonderful. But I would also just love to have him say, it's bigger on the inside. Oh, how awesome (laughs) would that have been? I love that. And, and any doctor who's a doctor who fan, <laughs> we have precedent that he's a doctor who fan. You know, Amy Pond. <laughs> yep. You know, Good point. Recognized. So yeah, but it's bigger on the inside, and it is. <laughs> and and I, talking about relative size and all that, just the um. It made me think of my probably one of my favorite scenes in the episode last week when um, Henry and the boys go to the comic book shop, and Dean says they um, look it up on look up information on the computer, and Henry's like, like we can get a computer in a room, <laughs> you know, this size. The computer's not going to fit in this room. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I yeah. love the I love the phone. Give me your phone. And yeah. Who are you not calling? <laughs> You're walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah. But I, one, another, 
Another thing I just loved, it's like one of those just wonderful little details, is they're playing music on the record players. They're playing vinyl. And it's so cool. And also the song they played in uh, Everybody Hates Hitler said was Get Me Behind Me, Satan. Yeah, which which was another little fun bit there, which was. Of course, that's a record that the Men of Letters would have. I think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, that's a, that's another thing. I love being saying last week, we stopped the apocalypse, you know, and instead of it being just this horrible nightmare memory, it's that as well. But Dean's also like, hey, you know, yeah. and so we stopped the apocalypse. <laughs> so there. <laughs> All I kept thinking about was what a difference it was and that scene where he did not want Henry to go back in case there was a chance that it would change history and Sam and Dean never exist. When you look back at the season five episode when Sam and Dean were perfectly fine with Mary never Mm -hmm. having having kids with John, they were perfectly fine with not existing. So I was like, wow, there's a, you know, look at how much they've grown in two years. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I Well, that. I like I the that realization that Dean finally has that even if, if they had changed that one little thing, it may not have changed enough to save the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I, and, you know, the fact that what Henry was doing was, while well-intended, selfish. And it's mm-hmm. interesting to see, you know, Dean finally go, you know, your decision is kind of selfish. You maybe shouldn't do it. Right. Because, you know, king of selfish decisions. <laughs> and he admits um, that. We have another call-in. Awesome. Okay. Um, hello, caller. I'm about to put you on the air. Hello. Maybe. Hello, Winchester Radio. Hi, this is Adina from New Jersey. Hi. Hi. Are um, you snowed under? <laughs> no, not too bad. It got um, under a foot, so, you know, that's good. Oh, yeah, not bad, but you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I didn't have anywhere to go this weekend, so that worked out nicely. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you can stay in and listen to our podcast. It works out perfectly. Exactly. <laughs> Did, did I just you have thought a question these, or a comment? Well, no, I just, uh, these past two episodes were amazing, and I just wanted to, you know, kind of chat about them for a bit. I mean, I thought that Henry was, it was revealed about the Winchester hi- history, which we never knew about, and I thought that was amazing, and it just made so much sense. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, he's seen, oh, and he's so much nicer than Samuel Campbell. Yeah, I I enjoy yeah. the brains and brawn. You know, the brains. Definitely, and brawn. it made so much sense why they busted their ass to get uh, John and Mary together. Mhm. Yeah, I always thought how um, that uh, Sam was so much like John that that's why they never got along, that they were so alike. And it makes mm-hmm. sense that Sam has the Winchester history of the knowledge and that Dean is so much like Mary and he has the Campbell hunting mentality. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's a good, good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I also like how there's a little bit of, there is some definitely Campbell and Sam, and there's Winchester and Dean, too. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it's not mm-hmm. a hot and dry yeah. thing, but... As the generations go on, they're 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 definitely blending a little bit better. Mhm. Uh, I did also like at the end of I think it was this past episode when Sam was doing the research in the library, um, and and Dean's like, "Oh, so you're a man of letters now," and then he said, "Good." Mm-hmm. There was no teasing. There was no making fun of. It was like, "Yeah, that's good. We we should have that." Mm-hmm. I yes, I like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I like that Sam didn't hedge it. Sam didn't, like, bumble around it. He just securely said, yes. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to, like, explain it away or anything, and I thought that was a really good moment mm-hmm. for both of them. Definitely. Yeah. They're they're growing closer. They're they're going back to being brothers, finally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I just, like I said, it was probably my favorite moment in the whole episode. I loved it. Yeah. So, and it really felt like kind of old school supernatural kind of season two ish. And I loved in um last week's episode when we we heard the Winchester theme music. We haven't heard that in a while. And so when you know, when Henry was throwing up outside the car and then he tells them who he is that he's the grandfather and everything and you you hear the Winchester theme music for the first time and honestly the last time I can remember hearing it was probably Swan Song I don't remember oh, wow. if we heard it in season 6 or 7 we could have, I just don't remember it but as soon as it started playing I was like, oh, it tugs at my heart you know <laughs> mm-hmm. I never really noticed the score that much um, I oh. should get a copy of the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's a certain uh, they, Winchester theme music that they play when there's like you know the emotional family scenes like that, and it's just really good. I'm trying to see um, if the score is still on Amazon. It used to be. You guys, um, sorry, something something at home here. I have to go check on family thing important, so I'm just going to put my headphones down, but you guys can keep talking. Okay, I hope everything's okay. Yeah, me too. I'll be right back. Good luck. I hope everything's okay. Yeah. So, um, what was your favorite moment in the last couple of episodes there, Nicole? Are you still there? I'm Nicole, here. Did you just okay. ask me, Nicole? Did, Are you? You Nicole, Nicole, right? Nicole was our previous caller. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry. What oh, was your name? I was like, wait, who's Nicole? <laughs> I'm telling you, my mind is just not all here. What was your name again? I apologize. I'm so sorry. That's right. It's Adina. Adina, that's right. What was your favorite um, parts of the last episode? Um, I really liked um, the. Let's see. Well, during the uh, as time goes by, I like knowing, learning more about John. Like the fact that um, the well, the title, like how John used to, you know, whistle as time goes by, mm-hmm. and that Dean recognized it in a vague kind of way. And Sam's like, "Yeah, Dad used to sit, hum that all the time," and it was because of the music box. And somebody said that uh, as time goes by is to John as Hey Jude is to Dean. 
another good comparison. Very good. Um, for anybody who and I really like the Golem the Supernatural and past yeah, the Supernatural soundtrack is still on Amazon for anybody who wants to go look for it and buy it. It's actually really worth having. Hmm. And it's cheap. It's under ten dollars. Is there like MP3? I paid more than. Is there like an MP3 version of it too? Yeah, you can buy the physical or the MP3. They're both eight ninety nine. Um. I think I paid like twelve ninety nine a couple uh, like two years ago for it. So hey, get it while it's a bargain. Cool. That's good. Did you have any? Wait. Did you have any more comments you wanted to share with us at the end? Uh, no, that was pretty much it. Thanks for chatting. Thanks so much. Stay warm and stay out of snow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Um, I know we haven't talked about it much, but having um, the Nazis be a bad guy in a supernatural, and I don't just mean supernatural the show, I mean supernatural the genre, uh, mm-hmm. so, uh-huh. very interesting choice, Ben Edlund. <laughs> uh, Did he write the Angel episode with had Nazis on a submarine? Good question. Let me check. I don't think so, but what was the name of that one? I always skip it. I don't know it when I see it. But um, oh, what it had, I love that episode. It had some really good things in it, but it also the main guy that was in it, the main um, guy that ended up Angel had to vamp in so they would all survive. That guy, I just. He bores me, so I usually stick it to him. <laughs> You're terrible. Oh, Dina. She just tweeted to us. Also forgot to say how much Henry looked like young John. Excellent casting. I agree. That was. Agreed. Gil, Gil McKinney was excellent as the part of Henry Winchester. And I have to say, as uh, I have a nephew named Henry, so, you know, I like seeing the name Henry. In, in the episode. <laughs> I'm a proud aunt. Yes, I am. I hope Susan's okay. That's got me worried. She hasn't come back yet. Yeah, that was a was abrupt. I hope everything's I know, fine. I know her mother lives with her, so I'm hoping it was an emergency with her mother or anything. Why am I forgetting the name of that episode? Oh, bollocks. It's the last season. It is. As the Prince of Lies. Prince of Lies played by... um, And I'm not even remembering his name. Ha-ha. Why we fight. Thank you. Yes. Weird name. So did Ben Edwin write that one? Uh, that's what I'm checking. I just I just remembered the episode name enough to look it up. <laughs> I'm back, you guys. Everything okay? Oh, is everything okay? Um, yeah, it will be. Okay, okay. Do you need to go or anything? Um, uh, no, not right now, but I'm keeping an eye on things. 
Okay, well, just let us know if you need to go, okay? Yep, I will. Thanks. Okay. We were just, um, Benny and I were just talking about the um, episode of Angel that had Nazis on a submarine, and we were wondering if um, Ben Edlin wrote that one, too. <laughs> he did not, actually. That is a Drew uh, Goddard episode. Okay. And Stephen uh, Knight, which loved Drew Goddard, so. Okay. Mm. But, yeah, oh, yeah. Had, had some goofy things however, in it. So. However, super di- supervising producer, Ben Edlund. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so. you know, um, the actor who played the Commandant, Bernhard mm-hmm. Forster, mm-hmm. was also in a short um, about Hitler, and he played Hitler. So really, I'm thinking it's wow. Yeah, well, uh, I'm afraid I am Hitler. It was called a few years ago. And I went, oh, I have to look that up. I did really like him, and yeah. it was also that awkward moment where you're going, do I find a Nazi attractive? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was uncomfortable for me. So I would really like. If he could please do something that's not Nazi involved, that'd be awesome. Because (laughs) (laughs) so yes, please. That was funny. I also liked in that episode where he was the one that gave Aaron the information on how to take charge of the golem. Uh huh. Um. I liked it for a couple of reasons. One, because it's just that classic supervillain, like, you talk too much kind of thing. Right. Um, but also kind of that know-your-enemy mentality. And I, I like that. Mm-hmm. But I just did think, like, why are you just sitting there twirling the scroll? And you should just get your ledger and go. But no, you have yeah. to be a supervillain and overstay your welcome. And that got yeah. you shot in the head. Write your name on the scroll, claim the golem, and move on. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Instead, toot your own horn and get shot in the head. Good job. Yeah. Way to go, speaking, speaking of shots in the head, that was a great scene where both Sam and Dean like from opposite corners, shot it, mm-hmm. shot it in the head. It was, mm-hmm. it was just a really cool-looking scene. Um, yeah, and that whole setup was nice because you have Dean kind of trying to talk to Aaron with his eyes, and at first Aaron being like, no, no, and that's the moment where you see that change in Aaron. Right. Goes, mm-hmm. I want no part of this to I am a part of this. Mm-hmm. Really well-written, well-directed for that moment. And in a change of um, clothing for Dean, Dean was wearing bright colors. He was wearing like a bright red shirt. And uh, my son Alex came in when I was watching it, um, I think it was earlier today, and he's like, what's Dean doing wearing the bright colors? He doesn't wear bright colors. (laughs) He's got a new closet to fill. He went shopping. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. You know, finally don't have to keep all their clothes in the car. Right. You can finally have more than four shirts to rotate. Um, I think it's funny how it's Dean who sort of like enjoys like a like shower or a, or a bath. It's kind of funny, sort of 
the Sam is just sort of something I got to do. It's functional, but Dean actually sort of enjoys it. You know, he wraps his hair up in a towel. He's got <laughs> the nice bathrobe and slippers. I think this is kind of funny. <laughs> I have, I've, I've always found that interesting about Dean that he's, though that he's embraced the hunter lifestyle far better than Sam, he is the one that's more about creature comforts. Mm-hmm. And as as we learn through his um, through Dream a Little Dream of Me and everything, he's the one who really wants the home style mm-hmm. life. You know, even though he says he doesn't, deep down he really does. Mm-hmm. He wants a home, and I think for him that home could be with not necessarily you know the, tr- the traditional nuclear family, but I think if he has that stability with Sam. I think that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least for now. Yeah. Um, does the bunker have a peephole? See who's knocking at the door, going by? What? Say does that again? Have, huh? Does Does the bunker have its version of a peephole to see who's knocking at oh, the door? Oh, see who's knocking at the door. You know, I, I give it a couple episodes until <laughs> Sam's put in, like, an elaborate... You know, security cool. system. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And probably added a bunch of other wards and sigils, you know, that they've acquired. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there has to be a way to observe who's hanging around. I mean, if you've got that kind of storehouse. I mean, there were other men of letters, and they, everybody wanted to have a meeting. It's obviously a place for more than one person. There had to be a way of knowing who was all outside. I mean, did they have a secret knock? <laughs> Probably. Well, they, they did have well, a secret knock because we saw Henry Winchester for... use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I guess maybe they just assumed that if you know how to get there, you should mm-hmm. belong there. Mhm. Oh, I want to understand about the. And I have a uh, uh, maybe. Maybe I just missed it. So I understood that the men of letters are, you know, men. So I was really kind of perplexed in episode twelve as to who Josie was and why she was there to begin with. I was. Yeah, I. First of all, that's what I wanted to give a shout out to that actress. She was awesome and yes. so gorgeous in that blue dress. She's just absolutely gorgeous. I, mm-hmm. Although I like the T-shirt at the end better, I, I didn't like the badass look. <laughs> that was I cool. Know. I I, I like that she liked that shirt on the girl. You know, the devil made me do it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, ooh, maybe she won't kill her since she likes her shirt. No, she still no, killed her. She's adorable, goth girl. You were you were well enjoyed. <laughs> I was under the impression that they were initiating Josie too. Mhm. It seems like uh, are I'm, men of letters just primarily men? Are they equal are, opportunity? Like are they actually the reason I'm asking. Like that's what I'm ahead. asking. Like legacy wise, are Sam and Dean were they born boys because the legacy needs them to be men? I don't know. It could have been like like many, 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 many years ago, when you know it, it was only men, only men who could be, who could do that. But 
and that's how they got their name, but it could now just be a name only. Because I know I know I keep liking, and I've seen other people say it as well, you know, if you were a Buffy watcher, you're, you're obviously going to make the, the connection between a watcher's council. And a watcher's council also is all men initially, but then we have, like, the one woman, like the token female. The one who was evil I, and, um, yeah, tried to get the glove of Minigon. And <laughs> I'm just saying there might be a theme. <laughs> but, but as per instance, I just wondered if it was something I missed because I only watched that episode twice, to be honest. Usually I watch the episodes more, but that one I watched twice due to time constraints. I didn't know if it was something I missed or not. I'm 90% sure she was there to be initiated as well. But, you know, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not a writer, so I have no idea. (laughs) We need to. um, Adam Glass wrote that episode. He's on Twitter now. So Mm -hmm. we should all tweet Adam and ask him. Yes. (laughs) Please explain your gender roles. Go. (laughs) I know. He'll open up his Twitter and go, what the heck? while I was gone. <laughs> yes, we we need answers. <laughs> if so, you know, go men of letters for being, you know, progressive. Mm-hmm. Can you They're be a woman of letters? People of letters. Persons <laughs> yes. right. of letters. <laughs> well, she would be the woman of letters. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, well, she, she looks beautiful. Know. She was very mad men, you know. She looks very mad mm-hmm. Yeah. The demon version of Mad Men. <laughs> and I thought, um, you know, there were so many that Abaddon, first of all, Abaddon was, an, they said, was a knight of, knight of hell. And so it yeah, sounded like that. it was kind of like, um, oh, my God, I can't believe I've forgotten her name. Lilith. Because um, oh, Lilith, you know, was supposed to be the first demon and all that. And these are supposed to be the first demons. So I'm wondering if Lilith was also considered a knight of hell. And I wonder yeah, if this will tie into the whole uh, demon tablet thing, you know, having a knight, uh, the knight, the knight, the mm-hmm. demon knight. Mm-hmm. I and know, we got a ton of new stuff. She, you know, for the first time we saw a demon is able to put part of their demon smoke into a person to see things that they've seen. You know, mm-hmm. we've never seen that before, which I thought was really interesting. Cool new little twist. And that the knife didn't work on her. Right. Can, can, and, can only a knight of hell do that? And, yeah, I wonder, is it like um, the cult? You know how the cult wouldn't work on the horseman and yep. Lucifer? So is it like the knife, you know, is like won't work on knights of hell? Which would be, which should be interesting to see if they do take that storyline, you know, having um, I don't know, like a demon court. Um, mm-hmm. If there is a uh, a new weapon, they'll have to introduce because we did get demon a new weapon earlier in the season, but we haven't seen it since, and I don't think it'll have any significance really. Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to see yet another weapon. Mm-hmm. I like uh, how jo- uh, Henry was very impressed with the demon killing knife, and he was like, "Oh, you need a blah blah blah." blah. And Dean goes, "Here you go, you know, got one." <laughs> well, I like um, I like him saying, "You know, where'd you get that?" And he's demon, very just 
matter of fact, like, duh. Yeah. I, I also liked how smart-ass Henry was, too. Well, it didn't work because you can't kill a demon with a random piece of cutlery, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how he spoke. Very refined, very different, mm-hmm. you know, just beautiful language and everything. And I, you know, I don't know about you, but I had no idea that you could chant a few words over some chamomile tea and make a person fall asleep. No, didn't know that. <laughs> but we'll definitely be trying it, so I'll let you know. <laughs> well, I, I liked that whole moment where he recognized the kind of shop it should be, but she was not having it. Right. And I like that, yeah, stuff that he knew back then still applies to things now, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew the hunter symbols in the, on the shop and all that. I, I really like and that. I'm, I'm hoping, since they made it a point to show us that scene that is sort of unnecessary in a way to, for it to be specifically written the way that it was, I wonder if now that Sam is doing further research in the mental letters, that he'll start being able to identify those kind of signs within the, their real world, just like Henry did Ooh. in that shop. Good point, good point. So that would be interesting to see as well. Now, if, I was wondering... Happens. Since it was a blood spell that he used to come through the closet and find Sam and Dean, how was Abaddon able to use it? Was it just, it was open and even, you know, because she's a demon, she was able to expound on that? Or, you know, how how did that work? Are they somehow to the Josie person? And, you know, so how did it work? How was she able to pop out of the closet? Hmm. I, again, I will explain things away all the time because that's just how I watch TV, but I just assumed it was like a residual energy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if, you know, if maybe there was some um, little cut line and it said, like, Josie was a cousin to Henry or something. Hmm. Oh, that, oh, that would have been sad, though. Poor Josie. Yeah, yeah true. Mm-hmm. It was so um, cool how he was able to put the devil's trap on that bullet and trap her, you know, that way. That was like, wow, that is really cool. How come we never thought of this before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. You're smart. <laughs> um, well, okay. And it kind of harkens back to the old salt shotgun shell. Like, uh, if I were them, I would just go start carving devil's traps on all my ammo. Like, mm-hmm. Why not? Right? Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, I have a I have a question and it might solve something. Um, I have a screen cap of the end of Everybody Hates Hitler when the boys are having their, their scotch. And there's this mm-hmm. thing like just beyond Dean's feet and I kept thinking like what is that? It looks a little bit like a giant telescope. Is that how they see out, maybe? The men of letters fall out? The microscope? It's some kind of thing. Machine? Well, somebody um, tweeted us earlier, um, just another SPN1 tweeted to us uh, a little earlier and said, in the Batcave, was there a telescope? Oh, 
And I didn't quite understand what she meant by that, but now I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I either. So yeah. Mhm. Um, very interesting. I. Yeah, very cool. Except who, who knows what's in there? Just great. Um, another thing I liked about that scene, another kind of cool callback to the, to the time or the antiquity of everything. Sam is, is is making an entry in this jury by handwriting it. No computer, no scanning, mm-hmm. you know, nothing electronic. He's handwriting. And it looked like a card, looked like a card catalog type system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had somebody say, and I the reason I say this, I'm not going to take credit for saying it, but um, on one of the comments to my recap, say, you know, Sam is perplexed by there being electricity and water, but boom, next week, Wi-Fi. And it makes sense, you know, he <laughs> I was like, that's funny. But, you know, I, I was thinking about that. Did he go and buy a router box? You know, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, but I do like the idea of, I'm, a, I'm an old lady, so... <laughs> I have that kind of person who's like, yeah, you know, an iPad or um, any kind of tablet, that's a really good idea at all, but I want a book. And there's something about, like, Sam writing everything by hand and that feel of, you know, paper research Mm -hmm. that I would appreciate if Sam continues that part of his legacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. But... You know, they are going to miss their wife, I am sure. And Dean has that penchant for certain sites online, so he's <laughs> definitely going to want his Internet. Why, now whatever has, do you mean? Now that he has, yeah, now that he has his own room, he's definitely going to want his Internet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, and we just went there. So. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, dear. Oh, Dear, dear Dean, <laughs> never change. His, his <laughs> animation and his busty Asian beauties and yeah, he, he's got a clean. I use adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> I let people infer what I meant. Okay. <laughs> I um um I got a kick out of him checking out the the girl working at the comic book store. Not yeah, because she's type. That is a normal type, but I, I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I like that she was not interested. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't think she he was her type, no. <laughs> no. She was like, mm. <laughs> I, I like this comment. K, um, KG underscore Supernatural just tweeted to us that she saw someone say that Sam is his own hotspot. <laughs> so, yeah, you that are makes sense. Gonna, you will not get an argument out of us on that one. <laughs> nope, nope. And then I don't. I think it's been a while, and we have been remiss about pointing out the the beauty of Sam's gorgeous, luxurious long hair. Which is I still, think he did get a haircut. Not mentioned his hair at all this uh, this podcast. I think he did get a haircut, didn't he? It did seem shorter. It did seem a Uh-oh. bit more cropped. It's been like, so no. long, Susan. Don't panic. Don't panic. It's still long. Don't panic. But it, it, 
he just needs to stop the cutting, let it grow, and just mm. always let it grow. Yep, yep. I want to see Sebastian Bach hair by the end of the season. Okay. <laughs> it just, it just looks a little more trimmed up, in my opinion. Not, mm. not anything to worry about. What we need to do is, you know, tell Jen, you know, get Jen on board with the lovely Sebastian Bach hair, you know, and then, you know, she'll tell Jared that she likes it, and then he won't cut it. So. <laughs> well, from what I understand, I don't know if it's still this way, but about a decade ago, I would say, no, more than a decade, pushing 15 years, Warner Brothers is very strict about how people have their hair. So mm. if anybody if anybody from back then recalls the drama of Charisma Carpenter and Cordelia Chase's uh, ever-changing hairstyles. I, mm-hmm. So I don't think Jerry would have much of a say at this point, aside from a few trip-ups. <laughs> uh, you know, that does look like, that does look like a telescope, a really, really NASA telescope. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. Like, like for looking like a a galaxies. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to find a high res enough cat for it of it, but yeah, that's. Are you saying the men of letters were also involved in space exploration? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe it was Dell who put a man on the moon. I would not doubt this. But it is. it does look like very, if, if it is a telescope, because it looks like one, it looks extremely high-powered. So yes. it doesn't look just like a peephole kind of thing. So you kind of have to wonder what they were, if it is, mm-hmm. what they were watching. I don't know. Because it could be anything from can they see to a certain area, depending on the setting of it, because, you know, magic, hello. Mm. Or were they watching the sky for changes that were signs of things to come? Yeah. Yeah. As long as it wasn't for that alien demon thing that was in season five's episode of Buffy. Oh, my God. That was listening to fear. That alien demon thing that came to Earth. And I'm the, sorry, I just blocked that episode out. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh God, it was horrible. So as long as it's not that, I'm fine. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure that episode never happened. You're on your own. Okay, good, good, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would enjoy an episode where they never go out of the bunker, ever. For that would be hour. cool. You know, like what do they call it? A bottle where they're where they're bottle, yeah. by by something that's not letting them leave. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting too. Or I'm sure maybe they would they, like to film a whole episode in the bunker because it'd be easy on them. Maybe they get locked in and can't figure out how to get out. Yeah. Maybe they get, maybe they just <laughs> get lost. I'm sure. I'm big sure boat. the captain crew would not hate that. <laughs> Well, we have one location for the week? Really? That's it? Awesome. Yeah, well, it's also, as, as, as it's right there on the screen, that's an expensive set, very beautiful, valuable set. Yeah, I say, yeah. I say get some use out of it, you know. Let's um, mm-hmm. let's uh, have a whole episode put in there. And I don't know. Because yeah. the floor, you know, the table, the pillars, it's all gorgeous. Yes, it's just beautiful. The lamps, 
you know, it's like it's like um, the episode with Elliot Ness and mm-hmm. uh, all mm-hmm. that. It's like you go back and it's like, you know, those gorgeous clothes and the hats and how everybody looked. It's like, you know, we don't make them like that anymore, you know. So it's very, very, very similar. Um, Between I wonder if La- Elliot Ness was a man of letters. Like, I wonder if he knew Ooh. About them. You know? Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Between last week's episode with Henry from the 50s and the whole Men of Letters thing, and then this week with the Nazis mm-hmm. and the 40s and everything, the last two episodes have had a very, you know, time travely, old timey feel to them. And I, I like that. Yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, they're, they're definitely putting those um, those books, those era books for the clothing that we saw back here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely putting those to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you want to see um, Sam get up and find Dean cooking breakfast one morning. Yes, yes. I'm, I, I would love that, too, but I'm also picturing things like a Christmas tree <laughs> in the corner. Um, oh, that's a six. With actual oh. ornaments and not car things on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, now that they have a base, you know, you can kind of do things like that. Maybe some Halloween decorations like gone awry, have, you know. I actually like them to have a Christmas tree, a real, you know, mm-hmm. seven, eight footer, but still yeah. do the, the still do the air fresheners just like as tradition. <laughs> <laughs> that would please me greatly. Like this is our yeah. tradition. Yep. Because they don't have yep. ornaments, and it's not like, you know, they don't really have jobs and money. So. And they can get their beer can or their beer can wreath back. and mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for old time's sake, Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I'm, like the idea of them having the, you know, getting, you know, whether it's the breakfast or a Christmas tree or whatever, just some domestication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a little bit, and I would just love one of the ornaments on the tree to be deemed amulet. Oh, yeah, I miss the amulet. I miss it all. I I don't miss Why am I the only person who doesn't miss the amulet? (laughs) (laughs) Jim and I are the only people who do not miss the amulet. (laughs) I I miss what it means. I miss miss the intangibles about it very much. Yeah. I I do kind of miss Dean wearing jewelry, mm-hmm. but I don't yeah, I don't miss because because the idea of why Jensen did it from the beginning, but I don't miss the amulet specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They've never told you know we know why he doesn't wear the amulet anymore, but they've never told why he stopped wearing his ring and his bracelets. Yeah. Um. I don't know, Vinny. I think your opinion is almost supernatural blasphemy. I'm not sure. I'm aware. <laughs> that's not the first time I have said things that are beyond controversial as far as certain things that are stable, stability markers in supernatural. And that's all I'll say about that. Swan <laughs> song. Swan song. Yes, Swanson, we outnumber you, top, by the way. The vote is two to one. It's not so in my top out. 20. I didn't say it's a bad episode. It's just not in my top 20. 
I'm very, very sorry, everyone. Uh, crazy talk. Um, but yes, as far as the amulet goes, or I would, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I don't. I shouldn't say I don't miss it. I don't notice. It's not something I, don't, I think about. How's that? It's not like I'm like, no, please, never bring the amulet back again. Ugh, over it. It's not mm-hmm. that. It's that I just, I never, I don't remember it. It's mm-hmm. not something that I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would guess they don't wear jewelry because any little thing for a monster to grab, you know, and hurt you with. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised Dean didn't get strangled with the amulet, or, you know. Over the years, but uh, um, I suppose that could be a supernatural reason to not wear it. You know, I, it could get it could get caught on things. But I know that things, I've seen people you know. discuss as far as Dean is that the more comfortable Dean got, whether it be with his station life or with Sam or just more mm-hmm. that he felt less the less alone he tend to feel, the, mm-hmm. the less jewelry he wore which, again, fit in really well with the reason Jensen wanted Dean to wear jewelry to begin with. So it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that, you know, it's been a long time and things get misplaced. Yeah. Very true. I wonder if we'll see any other members of the Fool Society. I'm thinking well, we did have that, the one guy who ran off. And, um, you know, Aaron and the Gollum are alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that there's a very good chance we will get to see him again. Although, mm-hmm. you know, we, the, you know, there's the Antichrist kid we haven't seen ever since <laughs> this episode. And, and then, you know, Don't there's about Adam. Adam. Adam's still in hell. Oh, my God. Save poor Adam. Adam's fine. Shh. Okay. <laughs> Nobody will listen to me and save poor Adam. <laughs> Watch. We're going to get all these, like, angry tweets about me being, at, like, anti-amulet, and everyone's going to tell you, who's Adam? <laughs> who's this Adam guy you're talking about? Why are you talking about Adam? He's only the third Winchester brother. Oh my God! <laughs> he's only half. He's only half a legacy, Becky. Half a legacy. Oh, that's right. He's a man of letter too. There you go. Another reason to bring him up. <laughs> I I knew that would get you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yes, maybe the answer how to get Adam out of hell is in the bunker there in the back cave and to be able to I save would him. tell you to hold out hope, except Jim Michaels already told you. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They don't even think about him, which is very sad. I'm thinking that the Antichrist went into hell and got Adam out, and then they moved to Tasmania. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, he was still a very little boy. He needed someone to pretend to have guardianship, and that worked out really well. So, <laughs> and just so, you know, just so you know, Vinny, um, the Sangasms uh, ladies are also listening to our podcast, and they miss the amulet too. So, yes, well, it's, it's just you. <laughs> I know that it's just me, and I apologize to every other Supernatural fan, whether you're listening or you'll never hear me say this, 
I actually deeply apologize for not caring about the amulet because I honestly <laughs> wish that I did. <laughs> I honestly wish that I cared more. Again. Oh. I don't know how my brain got to this. It somehow did, but I, I guess it was sort of like important supernatural artifacts. They can't just leave baby parked out front. There's got to be like a, a garage and a bunker for vehicles. Oh, you know? Good point. Good point. They need a, a, a new, this new home needs to have a special place for the Impala. Very true. Yes. Yes, she's got to be safe somewhere. Can't just cut. And and on top of that, people are going to get suspicious seeing this car parked out front. You know. Because, oh, good you know, point. You know, um, I, we're not sure of exactly the neighborhood of this bunker, but I. But you know, things aren't that rural anymore. I mean, somebody may not come by that often, but somebody's going to. Was there? Who's keep, who is keeping the lights on? Who is keeping the power going? Somebody's got to pay the ballot bill, unless it's got some kind of independent energy source. Maybe that's where the telescope hmm. comes in. <laughs> you know. I guess, He's according saying, to Sam, we're not supposed to question these things. Sam and Dean, and Dean said, if it, if it ain't broke, you know, so <laughs> we're not supposed to question these things. I'm with, I'm with Beam. I never took a toaster apart to see how it worked. I'm just glad I can have toast. Yeah, yeah, that's really, but it makes me wonder, was there a caretaker? Does somebody stop in once a month and Well, obviously not, because the, the, the tea was still, the teacups yeah, were still half full. Oh, oh ashtrays were still full. They were all prissy, but. <laughs> oh, my God, tea. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk, to talk about is because I saw a couple people after, um, after them in the letters episode, talking about like, oh, of course the bunkers, you know, in in Kansas, isn't it so convenient that it's in their hometown or their home state? And I think that kind of makes sense because, really, why would John venture too far away from his home from his hometown? He really would, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it it it. I don't think it's a problem with it coming full circle back to Kansas. I don't have an issue mm-hmm. with that. Mm-mm. In fact, I would have gone as far as to be okay with it being in Lawrence, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, at one point, Supernatural Wiki tweeted that those coordinates in Lebanon were, like, the exact center. Oh, I did see United that. States or something else. It was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, what was it? The lower, the exact center of the lower 48? Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda tweeted that um, she'll fess up that she has the amulet. So there you go. That's who, who, who you can blame for uh, no no more amulet. Amanda has it. <laughs> Keep it safe and off screen. Well, isn't she in Australia? She'd be more likely to have the Antichrist than she would. Ah, this is true. Amanda, you got the Antichrist in your closet there. <laughs> Um, Let him go. He needs to come out and breathe. Yes. <laughs> um, I liked the little I liked Oh, the, the geographic center. That's what it is. Hmm? It's the geographic center of the lower 48. Ah. Um, Wikipedia I like little, is your friend. <laughs> I, 
I like the little puzzle box that the key is in. Yes, I I did too. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, That's such a simple key to open that door, you know, for such an important place. I mean, I'm sure it's magical, but I, I wonder if Dean and Sam will be practical and start, you know, putting in the real deadbolt, you know, and... I'm sure, you know, as the place has wards and I want to try to make sure that they have all the appropriate wards. Mm -hmm. There was Mm -hmm. a company um, back during the Buffy days who used that made Buffy for sale, and you can buy them. Like I have the. the um, orb of Thessala, I have that pop, and yeah, they made some other things. I was thinking that the puzzle box with the key would be an awesome prop if some oh, if yeah. company had started to make props for people. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. That would be a really cool one, definitely. Um, that's a very interesting chess set. I, I pulled up the screen cap. I can't quite figure out what the theme is, but it's very. Very cool looking. Um, and there's about like 20 cigarette butts in that ashtray, which is so typical of the time. Um, <laughs> you know, like you, and there's another box. Is it cigarettes and lighter, maybe? Or matches, maybe. Anyway, very cool. I love all that attention to detail. Amanda said the Antichrist is surfing on the Gold Coast, so he's fairly close to her. Well, there you go. Now he's got me curious to go look at this chess set. Well, I haven't had dinner yet, so Hmm? I don't know if you guys still want. I have. If you guys still want to chat, but I'm going to go eat because I haven't had dinner yet. So, so well, we've we've talked for, for almost, me at least. Yeah, we've <laughs> talked for almost two hours about well, well, two, two episodes. episodes and and big episodes, not just you know basic monster of the week. These episodes were huge with so much added to canon and the legacies and history of the show, time travel and. And we will, um, for this coming week's podcast, we will be having a guest, um, Kevin Parks, the director Mm -hmm. for this coming episode. He is coming on to our podcast to talk to us about it. Kevin Parks has been with Supernatural since the very beginning. So he's also his Parksopedia because he knows everything there is (laughs) to know about Supernatural. So I'm really looking forward to having him on our show next week. Yes. We have we have questions for him. Very very fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's ominous, Susan. Don't scare him away. <laughs> oh my God! You know what we should do? We should try try to come up with a way to stump him because you know he knows everything there is to know. We need to work and see if, we, if there's something we can do to stump him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Then he'll never come back on our podcast again. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> um, okay. 
We love you, Kevin. And speaking of Kevin, he's again participating in the um, Ride to Conquer Cancer. Um, He does it in honor of Kim Manners every year. Last year, I think he raised over $15,000. So if you want to help support him in his Ride to Conquer Cancer and um, you can go to our website, and the link is on the right side of our page. You just click it, and you can go and you can donate to Kevin Parks' Team Supernatural Ride to Conquer Cancer. Mm, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, ratings for these episodes, I think we're pretty consistent. I think we're the up a little demo bit. are going up. We're going up every week. Yeah, the viewers uh, have been going up every week. And this week's episode was the highest-rated episode since November 14th. I don't remember what the episode was on November 14th, but it's the highest-rated one since then. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, definitely definitely going well. Um, I think... Oh, a little slice of Kevin... What was that? Ah. It was a little slice of Kevin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else we need to mention? Any news? Anything we want to remind everybody? Um, Felicia Day is going to the Burbank convention. They announced her. So she is finally doing Supernatural conventions. So yay. Yay. That's great. Now she just needs to come to Chicago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, creation. <laughs> um, oh, I know what I was going to ask. Are they going to come up with a name for the bunker? Like, they're always going to call it that cave, the bunker. I would like them to call it home. <laughs> I would like. I, I, would like I would like to hear Dean just say, like, okay, yeah, well, we're on our way home, kind of thing. Or I'm on my yeah. way home. I would really get a kick out of that in a really simple, lame way. Because I am so lonely. Yeah. I I would absolutely love that, and it all it all goes back to I, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. My most heartbreaking line that Dean has ever said was in season set season two. I always get these episodes names mixed up. Um, children shouldn't play. With, no, it's not. Children it's what, play things. Not just playthings oh. or something like that, where they're in the hotel <laughs> and the haunted yes, dolls and that. Yeah, and the butler guy tells him, says, well, how would you feel losing the only home you ever had? And Dean says, I don't know, I never really had one. Mm. And that always just tears at my heart every time. So Mm. I would like for Dean to finally have a home. Yeah, so he did have one when he was little, but, you know, it it burning to the ground. Right, right. Bad memory, but... uh, um, yeah, it would be nice if they had a home. It's like the same thing. You want cooking breakfast, I want a Christmas tree. We just want a little bit of home. <laughs> we are but simple fat girls. Please give us domesticity. <laughs> yes. We ask for we ask for very little. <laughs> yep. Breakfast, a Christmas tree. <laughs> breakfast, a Christmas. And you know what? You have um, tons of time, guys, to do with a Christmas tree. So don't feel rushed about that one. Just put it away in the back of your head. You got you know, Pretty much, it looks like they could just walk out the front door where that bunker is and maybe go cut down their own Christmas tree. <laughs> there you, you know? go. That's true. <laughs> you know, 
It's entirely possible. I think so. Alright then. So we'll let go eat and Susan will let you go take care of what you know mm-hmm. anything you need to take care of there. And I will go find out what my husband and kids are doing. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're being very quiet. It has me upset. It has me worried. Yeah. Uh oh. Thank you for everyone who listened and thank you for um to Nicole and Adina for calling in and talking to us. That was yep. good to have callers. Yep. Thanks. Thank you, Jim Michaels, for answering our questions through Twitter. Yep. yep. Thanks for listening, Jim. It's very cool. And yep. Thank you everybody. Um we'll see you next Saturday night for our with our special guest and another episode to talk about. I think season eight is rolling right along. Very excited. I can't believe we're more than halfway through. You see them go so fast. It goes so fast. It's up. Darn it. Okay. You guys that's good. Good night everyone. Thank you. Stay warm. Yep. Stay Stay warm down the snow. Watch out for the snow. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.